welcome to today's Money Chat Now interview. In this portion of the show, I take the opportunity to interview interesting people and introduce you to their products, their services, or just their good intentions. Hey, if you'd like to be a guest on my show, you can go to thelarrysteinhousshow.com slash guest. That's thelarrysteinhousshow.com slash guest. Let us know why you want to be interviewed, and I'm sure we can make that happen. All right, let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. My guest was born and raised in Poland. He came to America in 1988 without even a dollar in his pocket, and he wasn't even able to speak the English language. He worked in construction since 1988 and restaurants businesses for seven years as a chef. He was continuing to work hard, and he considers himself an entrepreneur, a real estate investor, a stock trader, owner of a construction company, and other businesses. He is the father of four great kids. He's happily married. He owns a public adjusting company, and I want to learn all about him. So let's welcome to the show my guest, Peter Botarenko. What's going on, Peter? What's oh, happening, a man? Of, a lot of going on. The world is an interesting place. What's an interesting place? The world. The world? So you got to tell me about Poland, speaking of the world. What's going on? What goes on in Poland? Right now? A oh, big mess. With everything going on with the Ukraine? Well, I'm sure, but tell me about when you were there. So you came here in 1988, right? Yeah. So were you how old? I was 16 when I came here. You were 16? You didn't even speak English? Correct. That's, by the well, way, I, I do I have to say one word. Th- I'll be back. I do have to say one thing. <laughs> Did you get that jacket from Poland? No. You know, because, you know, you're competing with me here. Uh, I think and, I came and, from China. And I'm very upset about it. I mean, you know, they let you in my, they let you in my studio wearing that jacket? I'm just trying to be like you, Larry. All right. Well, you know, that's fine. I'm going to have to... Uh, my I'm mentor. Gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to be cool with it. You know, just, you know, you're, you're clashing me. I mean, I'm looking at the, uh, I'm looking at this video going, you know, wait, you know, what, what's this, the, the, the blue jacket brigade or something? I didn't know you were <laughs> going to wear that jacket. <laughs> I always... <coughs> Excuse me, I always wear this jacket. All right, so I'm sorry. So tell me more about, tell me more about Poland. It's an awesome country. It's a lot of history. So why did you leave? Well, to create a better life, a chance of better life. Well, you were 16. Did you have a choice? Well, I was actually in orphanage at the time. Really? Yes. So my aunt and uncle actually brought me here. It was my uh, godfather uh, because, you know, I was an orphanage. I was on my own, and they wanted to have better chance for me. So I said, "Hey, everybody wants to go to America. It's a land of opportunity." Absolutely. So tell me about that. So you're 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 in Poland. Now you're in an orphanage, and 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 your 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 aunt and uncle live here. Is that what it was? Yes. And they, and they reached out to them and said, "Hey, send them here." Yeah. They they well, it was more complicated than that. It's a long story, but. Uh, you know, they, they tried to make things work for me to come here, and they made it happen. All right. But I mean, it took a while. Had right. to do some things, but, uh, you know, they said, hey, come over here. If you like it, stay. If you don't, you can always go back. So they basically rescued you? Yes. That's pretty wild. That's that's very impressive. Yeah. Are, are they still with us? Here? No, unfortunately, no. Oh, I'm not. sorry to hear that. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, so you lived with them for a while, I guess. Is that what happened? Oh, yeah. yeah ever since 88. Uh, uh, okay, great. I lived with them for a long time. Actually, most of it in Northeast Philly. Right, so you come here, you don't speak the language. Is it a big Polish population where you where you came in Philly? No, actually, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, not. The whole okay. neighborhood where I spent a lot of time, there wasn't really many Polish-speaking people. So how did you communicate? Uh, I tried to learn English as fast as I could. 
Well, I went apparently to high school. you did a good job because you're speaking pretty well, but it's been a while. So how long did it take you to actually like have normal conversations with people? About six months. I About six months I was kind of familiar with it, but probably a year or two to really be more fluent. Now, so you were obviously you went to school, right? Yes. So when you were going to the classes and learning, were you just sitting there in, in the class not knowing what the teacher was saying? So Northeast High School actually had a uh, special classes for people that wanted, wanted to learn English. Okay. So that kind of helped me learn the English language. But you couldn't learn what the other students were, were learning at the time. You had to just learn, concentrate on that, correct? Correct. It's like pretty much watching, uh, what is it, Channel 12? <laughs> okay. You see the picture, they tell you how it sounds. You, Right, remember right, it right no it's interesting yeah okay no because no, I, I, I i've had trouble i've tried to learn spanish several times now i you know very very little spanish i speak but i tried to learn it several times and i keep thinking you know if i was just thrown and immersed into another language how long would it take me to learn it it's actually much quicker if you get emerged into the language itself than if you tried to learn here so a lot of times if you go to other countries you stay there for longer time if you're willing, if you want to, because you have to be willing. Right. The more you're willing to do it, the quicker you learn. Yeah, sure, because I'm not that exposed to Spanish. And, you know, you obviously were exposed to English every day, so it'd be easier for you to learn. I'm not exposed to Spanish. I don't, I'm not forced to speak it. So it's, it's different for, for me. But I'm just curious because it's something that I've always wanted to do. Exactly, especially if you have people, you know, laughing at you and talking and you don't understand it. You want to know what the heck they're right, talking right, about. Right, right, right. You know, they probably were talking, they probably laughing at your jacket. <laughs> well, back then, believe it or not, if you see my photos, you might have too. <laughs> you probably had hair back then too. I did, actually. Believe it or not, <coughs> if you've seen the photos, you'd be surprised. So just think about this: I'm making fun of your jacket, wearing this jacket. I'm making fun of your hair with this hair. So you know, we're pretty, we're pretty good here. All right. So you're, you're you come here from Philly. I'm sorry, from Poland. You're in Philly. You're 16 years old. Do you go to work right away? Yeah, I actually started working uh, at the restaurant business. As a dishwasher, actually, okay. that's how I started. It was a part-time job, but it was a great job. Uh, it was a great restaurant. I learned a lot there. Met a lot of interesting people. And I would imagine in Philly that so this wasn't a, this was a Greek restaurant, maybe. That was actually Italian restaurant. Italian, you okay. may be familiar with it. It was called Vinny's. I, I'm, I'm not, but but yeah, but no, just because I'm wondering if they, you know, because they would be yelling in their language in Italian, right? No, not no, necessarily. Mostly English, okay. That was okay. pretty okay, much cool. English, but it was true Italian restaurant. Did you, now did now then now did you go to school? You, did yeah, you go to college I went to high. I went to high school, Northeast High School. I work at Vinnie's, and I also work on the weekends with my cousin, who was a contractor. That's when I started learning construction. That's awesome. So you so you started doing construction. That's pretty pretty wild. So what was your favorite thing about construction? What were you what were you working on? You know what? I I just always like to create, build things, mm -hmm. um, everything. It was different every day because one day you did windows, doors, siding, you know, renovations, just different things every day. And that's what I like the most about construction. It's never the same thing right, sure. every day. Yeah, sure. And I like to be creative. I guess my brain is wired that way. I like it. I, I, I do the same thing. I, you know, I love creating things as well. Obviously, the studio you're sitting in, I created it. All those things that are falling, I created those lights that are falling right now, and <laughs> and, and the red stripe that goes by. Awesome job! I, I awesome job! Impressive. <laughs> All right. So then you're then you're here for a little while. Then what happens to you after you're in the restaurant business? Well, I worked in that business. Actually, <coughs> I worked 
three jobs at some point, uh, construction and uh, cooking. Um, also, uh, UPS nighttime. So there was some stressful times, but I finally uh, took the uh, advice, like a lot of people say, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. And I quit that business because it was tiring and stressful and and went to do work in construction. So, okay, so you, you, you're working in construction now, then now, you know, because you, how long did you work in construction for? Since Are you still doing it now? Yeah, well, yes, not as much. I mean, yeah. uh, I still do things on uh, investment property, but uh, I don't do it for hire. Gotcha. So you do it, you do it basically for the enjoyment. Because it's funny, every once in a while I work on one of my own investment properties, and I'll do it just for the enjoyment. Same thing. Exactly. But most of the time, I'm hiring people. You know, it's it's very difficult to to uh, to do it on your own time because, you know, you you have other things that, that you're working on. Yep. Exactly. I sub it out. Most <coughs> of it. Right, right. And then you have the availability to find subs. Then. Yes. I need to find subs. We need to talk after this, and you need to I tell me all the people, people, all the people who can help me. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So that, then you um, so then you decided to get into some other businesses. Tell me some of the businesses you got into. <laughs> well, with you, option trading. Sure. That was a one of the greatest moves I made. Joined Great. the investor school. Thank you. Um, you know, I always wanted to learn about stocks and options. Uh, I did stocks. I just never really understood the options. Mm -hmm. So that was helpful. Uh, real estate. You know, I have taken some courses before as well. And I always wanted to do, you know, deed sales, um, text deeds, and other things. Um, I also do, I have other businesses that are online businesses. Tell me about the online businesses. This is interesting. Uh, so actually, uh, years ago, <laughs> it's about six years ago, I joined ACN, which is online oh, business. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, multi-level marketing essential, company, yeah. yeah. They, were supposed to, they were supposed to come out with the uh, video phone. You remember they that? They did. Yeah, they, they did, did have it. They did, right, but nobody... It. But nobody used it. The funniest part is, like, even now, you know, we have uh, we have all these FaceTime and video. Still, people don't use it, which is funny. They use it every once in a while, but they're not like not like yeah. not like it was supposed to be. Yeah. So uh, that was Trump backed, wasn't it, or was it Trump? Was well, he was endorsing it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Cool. So how did you do? How well did you do with that? I did okay. I mean, I did it because it was making a difference, you know. And if every client I got, mm -hmm. and they paid the bill, it was donated to. Feeding America, so that's why I did it. Because feeding America, yeah. America's a really big place. How much could you have possibly donated to feed America? Oh, you can, believe it or not, you can make a difference. I like to make a difference. You know, I came from very poor family. You know, I pretty much raised myself throughout all these years. I was working since I was a child, whether it was on a farm, uh, a factory. Um, you know. I think when I was like 14, I worked 24-hour shifts in a factory. So I knew from day one that I was a entrepreneur. So what makes you a hard worker? Why is it that some people could come here from other countries and they could sit around watching TV? Or the, even people born in this country could sit around watching TV and you come in and you're like, boom, boom, boom. What, what's the difference? What do you think the difference is? Ambition, I guess, and ability to appreciate things, appreciate things that you... Um, didn't have back then. I mean, over here, people say I, I have food stamps. I laugh. I'm like, you don't know what food stamps is because I remember where we had to wait overnight. Like people wait for iPhones overnight yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I had to wait for food wow. with actual stamps that wow. look like stamps. 
you have to submit them for a liter of milk and a loaf of bread. So to me, it's a big joke when somebody says, you know, um, that's your ATM, stamps, yeah. ATM card. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it did start out that way. Yeah. It did start out with the food stamps. <coughs> Excuse me. It did start out with the food stamps, but but you're right. It, it turned into. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Poland is using the ATM card now too, because that's just technology. Technology just advanced. But I, I I totally agree. Pretty wild, man. That's pretty wild. I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. I'm going to talk to you about your public adjusting company. So we're going to take a big, quick break. We'll, we will we will be back in just a minute, and Peter will be back with us in just a minute. Okay, so you thought about buying and selling real estate. You thought about investing in the stock market, but don't know where to start. Well, what if you could find a place to unlock strategies to master both real estate and the stock market, all without the headache? That place is Investor Schooling, hosted by Larry Steinhaus, an expert in real estate, financial literacy, and the ins and outs of the stock market. You can attend investor schooling in person or online eight times a month. You can and will learn how to make money in real estate, and you will learn mastery of stock techniques such as options and covered calls. You will even get a chance to ask one of your burning questions to the stock options sultan, the master of picks and plays. Call 866-424-2829 for free information and receive a complimentary pass to attend classes or register online at investorschooling.com. Don't delay. These passes are limited. So what are you waiting for? Call 866-424-2829. That's 866-424-2829. Or visit Investorschooling.com. That's Investorschooling.com. All right, welcome back to Money Chat Now, the interview portion. We are currently interviewing Peter Botarenko. And if you'd like to be a guest on this show, you can go to thelarrysteinhousshow.com slash guest. That's thelarrysteinhousshow.com slash guest. Tell me why you want to be a guest, and we'll see what we can do. Hey, uh, you know, so we're right here. We're, we're interviewing Peter Bonarenko, and he's telling us all about the things he's done in his life. And we're going to get into his public adjusting business, because I want to learn more about public adjusting. So, Peter, you got to tell me about this. So what is public adjusting? Because I'm sure most people have no idea. So public adjusting is a service that not many people actually know about. Is when you have insurance claim, usually you think you're supposed to call the insurance company, report mm -hmm. a claim, and they handle everything for you. Well, we as public adjuster are the advocate for the policy holder. So whether you're a homeowner, business owner, or a investor that has a lot of properties, we can represent you and your best interest to make sure you're treated properly and you have fair settlement. So we make sure we work for you, not for the insurance company. All right, so let me get this straight. So my house burns down, and, um, you know, I mean, I call the insurance company. They go, yeah, your house burned down. Here's your policy. You, you know, you're supposed to get uh, whatever. You're supposed to get $200,000 for repair it, uh, $50,000 for the contents. So why do I need you? Well, there's a lot of complications when, when it comes to filing a fire claim. Uh, a lot of components. And... If you never dealt with the fire laws, you probably don't know what to do. I'm really glad that I never actually, my mother's house burnt down to the ground. I mean, like, literally to the ground. But, but go ahead, what you were saying? And a lot of people don't know, you know, what to do. What, what should you do? You need somebody that has the experience to guide you. Right. To let you know what you should do, how you should be proceeding. But most importantly, how do you know what your claim is worth? I mean, you're just pretty much going off what the insurance company is offering you. But do you know if that's fair or not? Well, I know that if my house burned down to the ground and they say that they're going to rebuild a house, is that all I need to know or do Ins I need to know more? Insurance company doesn't rebuild your house. Well, that's true. They pay <laughs> to rebuild a house. That's they true. They pay. Right. And 
A lot of times they don't pay pay what its fair value of that house. So every policy is different, and that's why we try to be proactive and review your policy before something happens because a lot of times people don't have enough coverage. So in other words, if I had $200,000 worth of coverage and it cost me $250,000 to, to uh, fix my house, the insurance company writes me a check for $200,000 and says, ha-ha, bye-bye. Yes and no, but most part you're correct. Uh -huh. But there's other components. There's additional living expenses. Right. There's many other endorsements that could be in a policy that could help that out. Yeah, I, I remember my mother, when her house burnt down, the insurance company paid for her to stay in a hotel for a really long time. It was almost a year. I mean, she ended up renting a house temporarily uh, just, so she could, just so she wouldn't be living in a hotel anymore. But, I mean, she had every, everything she had was gone. She, all she had was a clothes on her back. when the, you know, They got out of the house just in time, and the house just went boom, down to the ground. Yeah, and now imagine if <coughs> the insurance company comes to you and says, oh, make a list of all the contents that you lost. Imagine that, coming with a list of items that you think you remember. Oh, yeah, sure. And most of the people never remember 80% of the items. Well, that's interesting, too. So now you're coming in. So obviously somebody pays for your service, right? Correct. So how do they pay for your service? It's a contingency fee right. basis, just like an attorney's do. You don't pay us anything unless we get your money. Right. And it's a percentage, and depending on the size of the claim, what the percentage is. So if they get a percentage, then how do they get their house fixed if they need that money to fix the house? Well, because with, even with our fee, they get way more payment than they would have received dealing with the insurance coming directly. Got it. So you're basically making sure that these people are, are made whole again. Correct. All right. So, so now you just said something interesting. You said about how do the people know what's in their house? What's the difference if they tell you or they tell the insurance company? Well, because we actually have a list that we go over with the clients to kind of refresh their memory. We work with them to kind of pinpoint the things that they had, photos, the kind of resources where we can find the information and put a list together. And not only the list, but the correct pricing. Because, you know, insurance companies, a lot of times, they will go by the sale price not the actual retail price, which can be a huge difference. Well, there is a difference. It's, re it's replacement. So, no, so, I mean, you see this with jewelry all the time. When people get jewelry riders, you know, maybe they insure the jewelry for $10,000, but if the insurance company can buy that exact same ring for $5,000, they're just going to hand you the ring and say, hey, sorry, we bought it for $5,000. Correct. And is that basically the same thing that happens with you guys when, you're, when you have a claim? Well, not exactly. We always fight to make sure that the insured is made whole. The same quality, size, and texture, not the value necessary. Right, gotcha, so. sure, sure. Right, so that's pretty cool. So, what, so tell me about like one of the most uh, interesting claims that you ever had or had to work with. Uh, it was a hotel, hotel in New Jersey. Um, it was a Best Western that burned down. Well, first year, it was after Sandy, it was a windstorm. We got a whole brand new roof. It was a huge hotel. And then a year later, they actually had a fire. And it was pretty intense fire. A lot of units got burned down. Wow. So, so first they called you for the windstorm to fix the roof. And obviously, you did a good job because they called you again. And then the place burned down completely? Uh, not completely. Okay. It was a pretty big fire. I think about 20 units were affected. But they lost a lot of business throughout that time so it was a very complex claim because you had lots of business mm -hmm. 
you know, renovation. We help them guide through uh, all the construction and renovation as well. Um, it took a while because fires usually sure. residential yeah, take yeah. about a year. Sure. This was a little yeah. bit even longer. You had to deal with the townships, with the codes, enforcements, and upgrades. So there's a lot of complexity with the claim, but it was a great claim. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I can imagine it was, must have been the millions. Uh, it was almost, yeah, almost a million. Yeah, it's, a, it's a pretty amazing. And then, uh, obviously, if you get a piece of that, you're pretty happy. Yes. I, <laughs> it's not all, always about our fee, because actually no, we I lower understand. our fee I, I very totally low because right. it was such a huge yeah. claim. But I just enjoy helping people. Right. You know, especially at the end when they thank you for the sure. service, that makes me happy. All right. So tell me, like, somebody has insurance policy right now. They're thinking about it. Say, you know, what are some things that they should be looking at in insurance policy to avoid getting hurt if something bad happens? Well, one of the things is that's why we offer free policy review because we want to make sure people are properly insured. Right, but this, right guy, now, this might be somebody watching this in California. They're obviously not going to yeah. reach out to you. So just some things that they should be looking at. Well, there's, so insurance companies are getting more complex and the policies are getting more, they call it a la carte, mm -hmm. where they're giving you basic and then you have to ask for the additional endorsement to properly right. be covered. But you have to make sure you have a replacement cost. You want to make sure the policy is not ACV policy because actual cash value, they'll depreciate the heck out of it and they give you a little bit of it, what you should get. So in other words, if I bought a brand new couch five years ago and the couch is in perfect condition and I paid $2,000 for the couch, they may say that it's a five-year-old couch, we're only going to give you $1,000. Or less. So that's actual cash value. That's what that Correct. is. Correct. So what's the other one? Replacement value is the other one? Yes, replacement okay. value is where they're going <laughs> to depreciate whatever that cost is, but if you go and buy the same item, same quality today, and it costs three times right. as it was when you bought it a few years ago, they owe you the difference. Okay, I got you. So they'll actually pay the whole thing. Correct. As long as you have that right policy in place. And there's a lot of other endorsements. You know, there's sump pump endorsements. There's uh, service line endorsements that people don't know about. So tell me about sump pump endorsement. That's really interesting. So there's a lot of times where the basements get water uh, and, you know, people most of the time call and say, I have a flood in my basement. Mm -hmm. Big mistake. You never use the flood word That's because funny. it's a water damage. Right. But a lot of times insurance company will deny you over the phone because you say the wrong thing. Oh, yes. So by just being educated to know what to say to the insurance company can make a huge difference whether you're covered or not. And even with my mother's house, you know, I've been doing this for a while. It was a water damage. The adjuster came to the house, and before she even got in the house to look what happened, she was pointing to language in the policy saying, this is not a cover loss. Yeah. And I said, no, you're wrong. It is a cover loss. And we won. They paid. But even wow. a lot of adjusters, insurance adjusters, don't understand the policy language. And that's the key, understanding the policy language and all the endorsements. Huh, interesting. Because, you know, I've had claims, I've had several rental properties for years, I've had a couple of claims, and all, most of them went well. I had one that, you know, they, they flat out declined me, but I actually kind of figured they were going to decline me when the water line going from the, from the street to the house burst, but didn't do any damage to the house, and I was kind of hoping I would get, you know, that water line replaced, but now that didn't quite happen. That was very expensive, by the way. <laughs> and I had some of those paid, actually, believe it or not. Really? Depending how you present the claim. Okay. Well, see, I should have called you. 
See, now what you do know. I know. What do I know? Call me first right. if anything happens in the future. <laughs> there you go. All right. So now, how does somebody... So somebody has a claim, and you know they 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 don't they don't really know about public adjusting, or they don't want to pay a public adjuster. The first thing they're going to do is they're going to call their insurance company, and they're going to try to negotiate or, or try to work with the insurance company. And then they feel that they've made a mistake, that they probably should have called an adjuster. Is it too late? No, it's never too late. You can always ask for a second opinion. Our uh, consultation is free, uh, so we can always check out what's going on. Uh, give you an advice, or if you like us to represent you, we're happy to do so. Um, but yeah, I mean, in Pennsylvania, most of the policies you got statute of limitation, which is one year. So even if you file the claim and a few months later you still have a hard time dealing with the insurance company, give us a call. We'll gladly review, see what's going on, and see if we can help you. I had one actually where I had a hail damage, I didn't even know it. And I canceled the policy, like, you know, I went to another company uh, two months after the hail damage. And when I when they found the hail damage, I actually went back to the old company and they actually paid it. I was actually very surprised. Yeah, as long as it was when it happened, when you had the coverage with that insurance company. Right. That's who is responsible. Yeah, we were able to prove it. It makes it a little more difficult to deal with them because yeah. you're not with them anymore, but you can still do it. They, yeah. they, were, they were fine, actually. It was pretty easy to deal with them. All right, so tell me a little bit. How, how can people... So first of all, what's the name of your company? PB Adjusting. PB Adjusting. Yeah, what, what, does the PB stand, what does the PB stand for? Uh, Peter Bondarenko. <laughs> I kind of figured that. Well, you said peanut butter. I just, you know, I thought that was pretty funny, too. So how can somebody get a hold of you? Well, they can go to their website, www.pbadjusting.com, or they can find me on a social media. Is there a phone number they can call? Yeah, absolutely. 267 392-9907, that's my cell phone and direct not line, or they can call the office at 215-388-2056. It sounds great, man. Hey, I want to thank you for coming in. It's pretty awesome, man. I learned a lot, actually. I learned a lot about you, and I learned a lot about public adjusting. All right. Hey, I want to thank you all, the rest of you guys, all for watching. I really appreciate it. My name is Larry Steinhaus. I am the host of Money Chat Now. Money Chat Now is live every morning at 7.30, and you can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you'd like to be a guest on this show, you can go to thelarrysteinhousshow.com slash guests. Let us know why you want to be interviewed. That's thelarrysteinhousshow.com slash guests. Anyway, hey, we hope you enjoyed today's interview with Peter Bonarenko, and we hope you'll tune in again. And most importantly, make it a profitable day. Take care. Thanks. <laughs>